I got ganged up on by some exvangelicals. I don't know if that's what they were. You know how insufficient labels are, but I think they fit the bill. I have a lot of similarities to them, but the group I interacted with just a few days ago, there's some major differences between me and them, and I'm willing to take the risk of sounding a little haughty here. I don't mean to, but being resolute on something like this for me is worth the risk. If anything, I just can't believe what I saw. And this is something that's on the forefront of my mind a lot. I just can't help to talk about it and think about it. I So I engage with a group of people just assuming this time it'll go better. We can have a conversation. I mean, I can. I just have some questions. And I don't think I'll ever do this again. <laughs> to me, it's like feeding something that doesn't need to be fed. And I don't want to name call, so excuse the quote here, but it feels like casting my pearls upon, you know. So I typically want to say that these folks have good intentions, but maybe. I mean, but, you know, I think what's more accurate is to say I think these people think that they have good intentions. Now, I know I can't trust my perception of my intentions either, but I'm just being honest and I don't know if I'm right here, but as always, I wouldn't be saying it if I didn't think I was right. I, I want to say that I'm, I don't, I'm not judging people's hearts here. I'm just saying how these folks' actions came across. They taught me clearly, Joey Svensson, whoever you are, never engage with us again. And I've seen this happen multiple times. I remember a guy putting his feelers out. I think he was a past uh, a host of a podcast, more conservatively bent, and was actually just saying, look, I was raised a certain way, and I'm looking for people to chime in on a more progressive approach to homosexuality. And he got slammed, just backhanded by people that just like, look, if you even have to ask this question, we don't want to talk to you sort of thing. I mean, just kind of bullied, you know, ridiculed, made to feel less. I started thinking, man, if if someone believes something or they advocate for ways that they find to be important for others to believe and live out and you care about people, then typically you're going to want more people to believe how you believe and advocate for the ways in which you live. Not in all cases, but just a general rule of thumb here. If you care about people, you'll abide with them for a while, hoping they can have eyes to see what you find so important to see. So a lot of you are in similar social spaces, social media spaces. I am online and are interested in some of the same stuff. So you're probably aware of the host of a pretty big podcast getting hammered for not having certain representation on his podcast episode on a particular topic. And he was very open to their feedback and also disagreed and it blew up. And I usually don't do this sort of thing because it just typically doesn't go well. But I I asked based on my confusion as to why they were making such a black and white issue on something that is honestly open to disagreement. And maybe any disagreement would be wrong, but it's, it's not like we're, we're not talking about something black and white, like blacks and whites being equal or not. 
And I wasn't rude, sarcastic, or aggressive in the least. I was trying to have a conversation by asking a question. Now, my problem with their ensuing words really has nothing to do with the content or disagreement at hand. I mean, maybe their assessment was right. Maybe I was being lazy. Maybe. I didn't think I was, but who knows? Maybe I was. My my problem was how they treated me as a person who was not antagonizing them one little bit. So here's here's my reflection on all this. Remember what I said earlier. If you if you care about what you believe so vehemently and care about people, you'll want people to connect with what you're saying, especially if you think your values help the marginalized. You, you'd want to teach humbly instructing and bring along as many as you can. But it's clear when reading these folks' comments to me or just to anyone, the the host of the podcast, with plain old logic, their words weren't for the intent of bringing me or anybody else who doesn't see eye to eye, bring them along with them. There wasn't an Oh, cool. You're interested. It's an important thing to look into. I don't think you're seeing this clearly. Maybe I can help you get closer to the truth. Instead, it just feels like these people want to tell me how wrong I am. And oh, yeah, it's my fault that I'm not seeing what they want me to see. And then when I asked for help in understanding their point of view, I was called called lazy And the following scripture was quoted in Hebrews 5.12. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you this elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. (laughs) Goodness gracious. So I think these folks would say they love well. They know how to be there and advocate for people. They know how to lovingly find justice for people. But when you feel everyone should be loved, accepted, and tolerated except for people not smart enough to be in your club, there's a little problem. So let's put it this way. Let's say I, I, let's say I was really wrong, but I wasn't on the attack. So once you start attacking how someone is even talking, despite their loving, gentle questions, you've lost credibility of being an advocate for people. I mean, villainize someone for asking questions you deem not good questions. What if I have an extra challenge in learning or reading comprehension. I mean, what if acknowledging my additional question would bring more clarity, at least to me, but maybe even other people? What if it's a good question? I mean, I read the thread. Are you assuming that that thread is a perfect explanation? And after reading, there's no possible way I should have any more questions. Shall I call your thread inerrant or infallible? So, These people just have rules that people have to play by, and I don't know your rules, and because I don't know the rules, I'm the enemy. So it's like an an exclusive club has been made that doesn't invite conversation. It's like, we're in, we're smart. You're not only dumb and ill-informed, but also toxic. You don't care about people like we do, and oh yeah, we don't even feel safe with you. 
what about me is unsafe? My questions? If anything, I shouldn't feel safe with you. I was actually told that I was not a safe person to interact with anymore. These are the same people who point to the church as not being safe, a safe place to ask questions. I mean, I asked a question and got blitzed. I mean, could you folks have the same problem as the types of churches you criticize? Is there some religiosity in your posture, just like the ones you point to? I mean, neither form of fundamentalism looks anything like Jesus, not yours, not the very form in uh, common in evangelicalism. Your words are very, were very dismissive to the heart and character of a person because I saw something differently. I want to quote someone on Twitter. A lot of good stuff was coming out on the result of this. This guy, Dan White Jr., he said, all fundamentalism plays by these rules. One, absolutism is in knowledge. Two, self-righteous spirit. Three, combative dialogue. Four, us versus them orientation. Five, demonizing other groups. Six, policing policing ideological borders and seven using shame to control and ostracize so while you operate in fundamentalism i'll try and have conversations with people who respect and honor others who are on different journeys than them and i tried that with you but i wasn't welcome to do that with you it feels like your goal is never harmony, but rather be exactly like us. And, oh, yeah, we're going to beat the hell out of you until you are. It seems like you just want to win. And the worse I look, the better you do and the, the more you win. And with this, there's just no win. It's crazy. I was told that. They weren't going to teach me. I should have this figured out. And it's disrespectful for me to ask them for more explaining. I needed to stop being lazy and do my homework. You know, kind of a public shame. But then at the end of the day, hours after we had this exchange, I think it was actually the next day, one of them tried to resurface the conversation by teaching me more. So which one is it? Are you going to teach me now or aren't you? Could it be that you've lost complete sight of what you're even really after? Beginning with good intentions, you've now maybe fallen into the need of having to have the last say and looking good while you do it. I mean, why'd you jump back in when you sent me away to learn on my own? Like you said that I needed to. I mean, I'll take it a step further. What if I was truly being a jerk here? Is there a loving way of handling it? I mean, do we have the capacity to love a person where they're at, recognizing they have baggage? Are you just kind to the marginalized and to the people who say and do the same things as you? Even Jesus says something along the lines of, man, even bad people love their friends. I'm saying to love your enemies. Someone I respect a lot is Jim Baker, uh, Jay Baker. I respect his dad too, <laughs> but some of my older listeners may be familiar with his parents, Jim and the late Tammy. He said something recently that I loved. And uh, if you don't know, his dad was involved in some scandal back in the eighties, all sorts of perspectives of this. But Jay said, I know some of you struggle with humanizing my father, but he is also a good grandpa and my dad. 
We have a complicated relationship like a lot of folks. His life has influenced mine as well as my work. He recently suffered a minor stroke. Your thoughts are appreciated. I get choked up a little bit just reading that, knowing how different this father and son are from one another, but they still have mutual love and respect. And because of that, grandkids get to have a loving grandpa. He also posted a t-shirt that said, empathy is more rebellious than a middle finger. (laughs) I love that. I know there's a lot of people that believe like you, but don't act like you. Not broad brushing here. And I know there's so many evangelicals that are the worst ever. (laughs) But my reality, honestly, I know so many evangelicals who are so much more loving and accepting than you are. There's just no real win in your approach. What if I was homophobic because my parents were homophobic? They taught me to be homophobic, but I'm asking you for more insight. I mean, would you turn me away? Does that really advance the cause of the LGBTQ community? It's like your way is only energizing your own and pushing away others who aren't informed enough. And I I don't see the win here at all. I love what Kat Armis had to say on Twitter. She said, leaving fundamentalism doesn't automatically make one immune to adapting similar, in parentheses, and damaging fundamentalist tropes. I think this is why it's important to remain tender, humble, teachable. Reminds me of an important truth. Just because you identify and or experience unhealthy things in various evangelical churches, that doesn't mean that your tribe is the good one. I don't, I don't want to be a part of a evangelical crowd or an ex-evangelical crowd. That doesn't matter to me. I want to be a part of a group who can humanize people, honor others' journey with respect, bring different people in on a conversation they find important, even though the one you are conversing with may be far behind. I want to be with people who considers others better than themselves. And, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to do that with these people, but because of their boundaries, I'll have to do that from afar. It's one of the reasons, despite how greatly my approach has changed over the last seven years or so in my faith, I'm glad I'm, I'm glad I'm still in an evangelical church who accepts me, by the way, knowing how differently I see things. I don't care about that label. I just want to be a part of a family who tries to love and my church is doing a pretty good damn, damn good job at it. If I'm listening to (laughs) hip hop music while thinking about this, I see myself, with both middle fingers in the air saying, yeah, I'm in an evangelical church. What, what, what he got to say? So I'd like to close with three quotes from three other people I have the utmost respect for two who I call friends. One propaganda, his name's Jason Petty. A lot of y'all know him. He said, is actually on a, on a rap song. Being right is a distant second to the joy of compassion Why don't you come and stay a while? Levi the poet says, maybe we could talk before we write one another off. Maybe we could both be quiet. And Jackie Hill Perry says, we owe every human being kindness and nothing less. You know what? I'm going to let her have the last word.